Welcome to the Mark Lesko Podcast. Covering the sports and fitness world. All right, everybody, we are back. Sorry for the delay uh, last week. Uh, we actually recorded an entire three-hour show, and it was accidentally deleted. Uh, not exactly sure why, but that's why we did not have an episode out last week. Uh, pretty frustrating because we had a pretty good episode. It was one of our best ones yet, and no one will ever get to hear it. So, um, But we're going to briefly cover what we covered last week and then we're going to dive into the national championship game from last night as well as uh the army all-star game and the fact that um our guys are on campus now uh the likes of drew allard nick singleton caden saunders i think dennis sutton smith is on campus also um Bo, uh Bo Pribula, katron allen they're all here so um that's very exciting uh it, I saw a picture, Austin, that I showed you of Drew Aller and Caden Saunders. They are roommates, and they're standing in the dorms there at Penn State. And it's just kind of crazy to see these guys in Penn State in Penn State gear standing in dorms in State College. Like, it's like, I can't believe they're here, you know. So um, it's good to see, man. Uh, Austin, welcome back. Yeah, good to be back. Thanks for having me, as always, Mark. Yep, yep. And Austin and I talked about the fact that the episode was deleted. It was my fault, um, but we move on. So um, just a couple of things we covered last week. First and foremost, uh, I just wanted to cover uh, Big Ben. It was a different story last week. Um, I essentially thanked Big Ben for um, his long career at, uh, at with the Steelers. Um, and the fact that I've pretty much seen every single one of his games. Um, I remember when he was drafted. I remember his rookie year when he literally didn't lose a game until the AFC Championship against the Patriots. Um, then the next season, they won the Super Bowl. He was the youngest quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. He won it in his second year in the NFL. Um, kind of funny because they're kind of in a similar situation right now where they are the last seed. They are the underdog, and the last time they were in this position, they won the Super Bowl. So um, they had a lot better players back then, um, and Big Ben was much younger, and he was he had a lot of good veteran players around him that were actually helping him out. So um, we'll see what they can do, but this time last week, there was no hope of them going to the playoffs, and now they are in the playoffs. Uh, and the odds of that happening, I believe, were below like 2%. Uh, the Jaguars had to lose, the Steelers had to win, and the Raiders and Chargers had to not tie. And that game came down to the last two seconds in overtime. Um, and the Raiders, I believe, even said, their, Derek Carr even said they almost thought about tying. So it's a miracle that they got in. The fact that that, that, that game almost tied is just, I mean, the odds of that are just, I don't, do the odds of that are very slim. Um, but I stayed up and watched that whole game. That was crazy. But um, 
you know, Austin and I kind of talked about Big Ben a little bit last week, and I just uh, wanted to uh, thank him for his awesome career, his Hall of Fame career. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, two Super Bowl victories, one Super Bowl loss against the young and upcoming Aaron Rodgers Packers. Um, and one thing that we talked about also was the fact that, you know, people call Tom Brady the GOAT. Um, and for me and Austin did agree, Tom Brady's the GOAT of winning in football. He's the GOAT of winning. But when it comes to quarterbacks and talent, he's not the greatest quarterback of all time. In fact, I think an example of a much better quarterback, much more mobile, much more athletic ability, much more just elite plays uh, throughout his career was Big Ben. Um, and then we also touched on Aaron Rodgers, how he's probably the greatest quarterback of all time. Aaron Rodgers, he is, he is the, in my opinion, he's like almost like the Michael Jordan of football, man. He is so talented and he's awesome to watch. Um, so just a couple examples of, you know, better quarterbacks than Tom Brady, how people kind of loosely throw that goat term at him. And they, they say he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Well, he's they, some people even call him the greatest football player of all time. He's neither of those. He's just the greatest winner of all time. And, yes, football is about winning. But, you know, when you put it down, when you break down what his passes are and how he's won games, it's, you know, little passes out to the running back, little crossing routes, little post routes. Very rarely does he throw the ball very deep down the field. He doesn't have a very strong arm. Um, Big Ben's arm is much stronger. Um, so just quarterback and football player wise, in my opinion, not the best. I think Big Ben is better than him. Um, but you know, you talk about the goat; he's the goat of winning. So just wanted to uh, throw that in there. Um, Austin and I kind of talked about that last week a little bit. And but regardless, thank you, Big Ben. Um, I hope you make a run. I I think if they get past the Chiefs, Austin, they got a shot to go deep because they beat the bills. They beat the Titans. Um, Titans are one and Titans are one bills are three uh, chiefs are two. Um, so I think, I really do think if they beat the chiefs, they got a shot, man. Like, I think they can beat the bills. I think they can beat the Titans again. Um, I like their chances against any team except for the chiefs. So, it's going to come down to that offense of the Chiefs. If the Steelers can stop that offense, they got a shot because their defense is bad for the Chiefs um, and their offense is just unreal. So um, we'll see. We'll see Sunday night. We will see Sunday night. I will be anxiously watching. Austin, what do you think about uh, – what do you think about the Steelers getting in? It was a pretty crazy weekend. Yeah, a lot of – it wasn't definitely the um... – wasn't the better's choice. It was pretty, pretty low odds that, you know, they yeah. need a, a lot of help. Um, and then, you know, like you said, that, that final game between Oakland and, and Indianapolis, it couldn't end in a tie. Um, and it damn near did. Yep. Um, that was wild. Um, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, congratulations to, to the Steelers for getting in and, and, you know, big bands uh, kind of like what you, you beat, you beat the drum for, last week was you, you really would like to see him go out in the playoffs or mm -hmm. make a run in the playoffs. Well, now, now they have the opportunity. They have the yep. opportunity to do that. 
um, against the Chiefs. Uh, another another guy that we were talking about, you know, elite quarterbacks and and just phenomenally talented players. You have you know the young the young guy who's got all the talent you could ever hope to have uh, in Patrick Mahomes and, and that potent offense. Um, you know, Pittsburgh's going to have to control the line of scrimmage. They're going to they're going to have to be able to pressure Mahomes. That's really the only that's really the only way I can see that. Yep. If he has time, I don't see their secondary being able to hold up against those weapons. But, you know, we'll see. They, they have a, a decent pass rush. I saw, you know, uh, Watt tied straight hands, mm-hmm. you know, single season sack record. Um, so, you know, they, they have some they have some pieces there. Um, if they can get home and, and, and rattle Mahomes early, they might have a shot, um, you know, but we'll we'll see how that goes. But. That's 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 kind of my interpretation. If, if they can do that, yeah. they have they have the opportunity. Uh, if they can't, I I think their their odds of winning um, go down drastically. Yeah, they. That, that's the thing about Mahomes is T.J. Watt is dude. He, besides Aaron Rodgers, he's the best player in the NFL right now. Um, he is so good. He. I think if 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 they unleash him and he gets to Mahomes, because you know you saw it with the Alabama game last night, which we're going to talk about. If you get to Bryce Young, that throws a huge wrench in that Alabama offense. If you get to Patrick Mahomes, and you don't give him the ability to get his ball to his get the ball to his weapons, then you know the Chiefs lose a large part of their momentum, a large part of their their power as a team. Um, I mean, you saw it in the Super Bowl last year. So, yeah, if T.J. Watt in that line of scrimmage, if they can get after him, then the Steelers got a shot for sure. And like I said, if they get past the Chiefs, they got a shot to go to the AFC Championship, I think, at least. Um, So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, But that was just uh, one thing that I wanted to cover. Uh, We will talk more about the National Championship game uh, here towards the end of the episode, but um, just wanted to make sure we just briefly talk, touch on the topics that we talked, talked about last week and um, weren't able to get out to you. Um, players leaving. Uh, JC Lucetta is gone. Tariq Castro fields is gone. Uh, Ellis Brooks is gone. Um, I don't think we talked about those guys um, since our last episode, uh, huge losses for the defense, but, uh, just some of the highlights of who's staying, you know, Curtis Jacobs, um, and not that the, these guys could leave, but just some of the returning guys, Church, Curtis Jacobs, Jair Brown, uh, Joey Porter Jr. It's funny, I was watching the uh, James Harrison Football Life documentary, and in the one part of that, they uh, <laughs> showed Joey Porter, and <laughs> it was before a game. He literally got in a fist fight with one of the Browns players and got like kicked out of the game. So he couldn't even play. So James Harrison, who is a, in my opinion, a Hall of Famer, one of the best defensive players ever, who was the definition of a walk on and a long shot, wasn't even drafted, didn't go to the combine or any of that, got his shot because Joey Porter got in a fist fight before the game against the Browns, which if you're going to get in a fist fight as a Steeler, do it against the Browns or the Ravens. You know, that's awesome, but that's just the way Joey Porter was. And then it's funny because Joey Porter Jr., he's always getting flags thrown. Um, and I think they un- they unfairly target him sometimes, but 
he's definitely got a temper like his dad for sure. But um, he's one of the guys returning. Uh, P.J. Mustafer is returning, thank God. Um, and then Clifford's returning. Um, most of that offense is returning uh, besides Jahan Dotson. So, you know, Austin and I talked about that last week. We got some key guys leaving. That defense is lost a lot of key guys. Jaquan Brisker's gone. So, but at the same time, we got good, some good guys coming back. P.J. Mustafer and Sean Clifford, those guys are two vets on both sides of the ball. So um, I'm just glad that we have the guys we have. Plus, we have this new talent come in. De- Dennis Sutton looks unreal. Um, he looked great in that All-Star game. So, Austin, what do, you, what do you think of the impact of these guys leaving? Um, like, do you think we're going to be okay? I mean, Jair Brown is, I think, a pretty much a guaranteed All-American next year. He's a beast. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think there's going to be a little bit of parity uh, this spring. This is going to be a big spring. Yeah. You know, you know, we can pretty much say that every every offseason, but this is truly going to be a very big spring for a number of reasons. Um, you know, number number one being as you as you astutely broke broke to me before it broke, um, you know, to the rest of everybody. Uh, Dwight Galt has retired. Um, yep. The yep. head strength and conditioning coach for Penn State. Um, phenomenal strength and conditioning coach. Uh, has been with James Franklin for, Jesus, 20-something years. Since the beginning, yeah. Yeah, since like, you know, for, for pretty much ever. Um, all the way back from from their time what they spent at, at Maryland together. Um, so, you know losing losing a big veteran presence a big um another another big loss as far as one of probably james franklin's uh, closest friends and yeah. confidants on on that on that entire team and on that staff uh, you know he lost lost pry now he, now he's losing dwight galt um who's been you know uh, a very consistent uh structurally sound pillar for james franklin um and obviously did a great job in the strength conditioning uh department uh you know all the way yep. back to Maryland, all the way to, you know, this, this combine that is going to, is going to happen. I mean, he, he's always, he's always got guys putting out crazy numbers. I mean, you know, back in Maryland, you got a guy like Vernon Davis, just blowing every tight end metric out of the wall. Um, yep. And then, you know, you got guys up here with Mike Gesicki and, tight ends up here and then working with Barkley and all these guys guy like, and you know, even the, you know, the lesser guys that maybe didn't get as much recognition, a guy like Troy Apke who just yeah. blew away the 40 yard dash in the, in the, you know, four, three, eight yep. in the 40. I mean, you know, um, Deion Sanders it, was impressed and that's, he was very impressed. You know, that's, <laughs> he was uh, very impressed. That was, that was one of my, that was one of my favorite, uh, combine calls. I think was, was Dion how, and how, how stunned he was and how quick yeah. uh, Troy Apke was moving there. It's like, I don't think but, I have uh, to say it. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> but he's prime time. He can say anything he wants. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, it, it's a big loss there. Um, I, I know they're, they're going to go out and, uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to rebound there. And um, I don't know exactly what they're, it, it sounds like they're going to do. They want to do a pretty well complete rebuild. Um, it seems of the majority of the staff. Yeah. And Austin and I knew, about the um, Dwight Galt retirement uh, the day before. Um, I'll just say a source. I uh, heard it from a source of mine, a source of ours. 
Chuck, Chuck Losey, uh, the guy with the mustache. If some of you don't know, you know the guy with the mustache. Uh, he will be the one taking over. Uh, he was one of Galt's underlings. Uh, and apparently he's making a, his own staff. So he's just trying to go in a different direction. Uh, I was also and I were both kind of confused by that because he was on the staff. So if he's making his own staff, then who they are, I don't know where they're coming from. I don't know. Um, I don't know what was wrong with the staff before. I mean, Dwight Galt retired. It's not like he got fired or something. So maybe he just has his own team that he wants to bring in and who knows, but um, you know, you see like the Oregon football strength conditioning coach, you know, he's the one that's like just out of his mind crazy, um, singing to himself. Like, you know, that's the way strength conditioning coaches are. Um, they're just, they're unique individuals. Yeah. Yeah. They're just, you know, you know, you have to be kind of nuts, um, to be a strength conditioning coach. I mean, Pat Fitzgerald, he would literally be in like 10 degree weather with no shirt on, you know, just stuff like that. Um, but you know, that's with most people that lift. I mean, Austin and I are bodybuilders, you know, you have to be kind of crazy to do that because you're literally putting yourself through pain every day. Um, so yeah, but, um, you know, I, it'd be cool if like Losey brought in like someone like that who, you know, just, they're just all a bunch of freaking nutheads that are just making everybody lift, lift heavy. So yeah, it, it's, I, I just, I, our only concern was I hope they keep doing what they're doing because it's obviously working. I know what they do. It's a very effective way to lift. Um, it's very, it's perfect for today's football it's perfect for college football it's perfect for athletic development and athletic uh endurance and just making the most of yourself as an athlete so um and that is olympic lifts that is free weights um so i just hope that they keep doing that stuff um because if you're a football player you want to be doing that kind of stuff i mean saquon barkley power cleaning like what was it 450 or something 405 um that's the kind of stuff that Make Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley. So um, just want to make sure that I don't know if we'll ever hear exactly what they're doing. Um, I might be able to try to get like a copy of the program um, to see what they're doing. I, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, but regardless, we just hope that they keep having success with that because that's the thing about like Austin just said losing Dwight Galt, you're basically losing your – you're almost like losing your head coach because those guys spend so much time with the football players. Wait, we are a coach. The, the actual coaches. Yeah, they, like like if I was ever a head coach for football uh, in high school or something, the strength coach would be on the sideline right next to me, not necessarily coaching, but watching these guys. Like, what are they doing? How can they improve? Because they're a coach just like everyone else, so – um, pretty much just as important or maybe maybe even slightly more important than your coordinators, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. I mean, these guys should easily be millionaires. They're probably not, but they should be. Um, but, yep, just wanted to cover that, uh, players leaving, and the importance of just making sure that that lifting program keeps having success. Uh, we got a new special teams coordinator, uh, Poindexter staying. We got Manny Diaz, like we talked about before. Yurcich coming back. So, coaching staff's looking good. Um, I hope the lifting program continues to have success. And 
Um, next thing we talked about was the bowl game. Um, Sean before Clifford. We move, before we move on, I guess I should probably answer your question. Yeah. I, mean, I kind of circumvented your question there a little bit. I didn't, I didn't mean to. Um, there's nope, going to be holes, there's going to be holes to fill, but, um, but yeah, um, yeah, I do think they will be okay. I think it's going to be extremely important to get some guys in the portal, to get a D end, to get a linebacker, um, to get an offensive tackle, um, you know, guys that have experience that have, uh, they are proven commodities at this level. Um, you know, I, I think that's going to be super important because they are a little bit thin, uh, when it comes to experience at those positions, I think if they can get, you know, at least a couple of those guys that fit that bill uh, in the portal, I think that would be really, really, really productive. And I think that would really put them in a much better position numbers wise and experience wise yeah. for the spring and the season. Um, but overall, I, I think, you know, I think some of the young guys are going to are going to show out. I think they're going to I think they're going to come on. Um, you know, we talked about a guy like Deny Dennis Sutton. I expect him to see snaps. Um, yeah, he's, think, for, he's for sure going to play yeah. his four games for sure. Yeah, he, he I think he's going to be a starter. Um, I'll be surprised if he's not. Honestly, he looked. I mean, well, good. And and the the thing is the thing is this, and, and this is this is why you know you, you can't say these things lightly. But he he's coming in to Penn State. I mean, he's already six foot five and a half and. 250 pounds like he's he's not he, he doesn't really need that much physical development but you know i think i think he'll get it under under uh under chuck if if is that official yet is that is that officially the way they're going to go or that's just kind of the leader in the clubhouse kind of idea or what what are you talking about strength conditioning chuck chuck losey yeah yeah i believe he is he's the he's the guy um, he, okay. he's the man up because I think I did see that he's the new, that he's going to be the one that takes over. Okay. So like we said, you were stressing the importance of that being, you know, just the same or, or better. Um, because Dennis Sutton, he, he looks so good. Um, if he can like get bigger and faster somehow. That's the key is I mean, to build up, to build up his a little bit more speed, agility, and explosiveness. Um, that's going to be key because I I believe he got timed at some of these uh, big events like you know the rivals camps or these kinds of things. I think he got timed at like four four eight something like that. If he can cut that number down just a little bit, maybe into into four like mid to high four sixes. Yeah. Uh, boy, man, being four, being that six, big. Yep. Yeah, being that big, being you know, phew, man, that's 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 all he would ever need. He he need to be right in there, and he'll be a okay. But he he looked good. He looked good in the game. Um, you know, so did so did guys like Singleton, uh, Katron Allen scored a touchdown in his in his uh, in his snaps. Uh, Aller looked, you know, real good. Uh, that deep ball's yep. looking great. The arms looking live. The arm, it, you know, it, it, he looks every bit as advertised. Um, you know, and, and for those of you that saw that highlight, you know, you might say, well, you know, the receiver was wide open. Well, I would I would um, refer you back to the Outback Bowl where there was indeed a wide open tight end and Sean Clifford overthrew him and we missed a touchdown and we, we lost that game pretty, pretty badly going away there, um, you know, in the second half. So you don't you can't 
you can't just, you know, that's not a one-off. Like yeah. that's, that's valuable. You have to note yeah. that. So yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that every day of the week. He looks great, man. If he can pick yep. up the offense, which is it's super critical that he enrolled early. Um, the only guy, uh, you know, the only guy that's going to pretty much determine whether he starts or not is him. If he mm-hmm. comes in and he, and he shows out, man, he's got, he's got an opportunity because yeah. it, it's not going to be for a lack of physical ability. He's, he's got everything you could ever need and more uh, to be successful. Yep. Yep. And you know, you're, we're piggybacking right into the all-star game. Um, Aller's arm looked great. Yeah. It was against open air pretty much, but I can tell you as someone who played quarterback throwing to a wide open guy in, in a game, that's what, honestly, it's one of the hardest things you can do because you don't want to fuck it up. So if you can kind of keep your cool under something like that, um, believe it or not, you can screw that up pretty easily. Um, Sean Clifford's a bit of a different story because we've seen him doing things wrong for quite some time now. So, um, but yeah, he, Aller looked good. Dennis Sutton looked good. Um, didn't really see too much of uh, Singleton or Saunders. Maybe you did, Austin. I didn't even, I did not watch the game. Um, I briefly Sa- saw Sa- a couple Saunders. Plays. I know Saunders was dealing with an injury. He did not participate. Okay. Um, and he was, I believe he was there. He did not participate in a lot in live drills or live action. I know, I know he's dealing with a little bit of an injury. Um, and they didn't want, they didn't want to obviously aggravate anything. Um, cause he's, he's now in state college now and he's yeah. got to get ready to go for, for winter conditioning and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so they wanted him full go for that. So, so no live contact for Saunders and, um, Singleton, I mean, you know, he had, he had some snaps. I, I, I know, I know they, um, they did kind of limit him in the game. I didn't see him too much in the game, uh, yeah. but I all I heard all all week long from all the guys, the two four seven guys that go down there and watch him, um, some some of the the blue white illustrated guys that are affiliated with rivals and things, and on three they um, they just raved about him uh, all in practice seven on seven stuff. I mean, he was he was dominant. Um, you know, he was every bit of his five-star billing. So yep. like I said, you know, as long as he is healthy and the biggest thing for him is going to be picking up the playbook and can the coaching staff trust him in passing situations to be able to block, you know, in an average capacity, can he be an okay blocker? Mm-hmm. If that answer is yes, he's going to see a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. That's important because that's one thing about, uh, like missing a block, you know, that's a good way to piss Franklin off and, you know, limit your playing time. So uh, you don't want to do also, that. Also a good way to get your quarterback rock too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the Cade Klubinick, um from Texas, who's going to Clemson, he looked good. Um, honestly, I really don't care about him, um, but he did look good. Um, like I said before, if you're not going to Penn State, I don't really care about you. Um, but, I, you know, he was certain, certainly a highlight of that game. He looked good. Um, and he's going to Clemson. Best of luck to him. I think he's probably going to be a elite quarterback in college football. But um, And I only really bring him up because it was him and Drew Aller. Um, and Aller, um, I don't think, got as many looks as he did. But, um, yeah, Klubinick looked good. And, um 
Allie looked good, and I'm excited to have him here. Um, speaking of Aller, you know, we, we talked about the Outback Bowl. It was a very frustrating game. Um, once again, the defense with its backups could not carry the team. Um, they looked good. They did their best. But same story as it's been all season. Uh, run game was non-existent. Uh, Clifford made too many mistakes. The offense couldn't get it rolling. And like I said to Austin last week, when it comes to playing quarterback, yes, he didn't have the best line this year. I don't know that he was 100% healthy a majority of the season, but you either have it or you don't as a quarterback. And that bowl game was a great example of the fact that Clifford just doesn't have it. He doesn't have that it factor that you need to be an elite quarterback because Penn State, for example, is one quarterback away from playing Alabama in the national championship. Um, Georgia last night, Stetson Bennett, really not that good, but they did enough to win. Now, if you take Bryce Young and put him on Georgia or you take C.J. Stroud, put him on Georgia, um, Caleb Williams, put him on Georgia, they're easily national champions. Um, so if, if, if Georgia can win last night with a Stetson Bennett as their quarterback, you know, that's a testament to their defense. But my point being, most of these teams are a quarterback away. Austin has said it many, many times. You're an elite quarterback away from being a good team. So, uh, Sean Clifford, a couple of things I stated last week. You need footwork and you need instincts. He doesn't really have either of those. Uh, he doesn't really move in the pocket very well. He kind of moves like a statue. Um, for as like he he's really not like that big, so I don't know why it's so hard for him to move around. Um, but he just doesn't have that it factor. Uh, it was a little more raw for me last week because we had just lost and I was pretty pissed off. But um, he just doesn't have that it factor. And after last week's game, Austin and I talked about it. I don't think he's the starter next year. I don't think he deserves it. I don't think we're going to a playoff with him. I don't think we're. I don't think we even have a ten-win season with him at quarterback. So um, I just don't think he's the starter, man. I don't think he wins the starting, the starting job. I think Aller, at the very least, beats him out. Um, I've talked to a couple other fans that were at the game. Um, they said that Veyu looked way better than Clifford. Um, so it's either Veyu or Aller next year, I think. Um, and I just, I just don't think Clifford is our guy, man. I just, he does, unless he does a complete 180, he's just not our guy. So, um, that's my opinion, Austin. Um, I kind of broke down the bowl game and Clifford, but you know, what were your thoughts on the bowl game? What were your thoughts on Clifford? And, you know, as a quarterback, do you think he's our guy next year? Um, yeah, you know, kind of going, kind of going back in time here to last week. Uh, the game was extremely frustrating. I was uh, pretty irritated the entire time. 
Yeah, you that left I was to watching work it. out, right? I, 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 I left. I watched I watched Veyu's first series just because uh Veyu came in. I just wanted to see how how he handled that that situation. Um and and given where he was at and kind of where, where where things were at that point, I think he did fine. Um I, I do think you know, and, and you brought this up with with you know footwork and moving in the pocket. I don't really know if I've seen, and I'm 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 really not trying to be mean, but I don't know if I've seen a quarterback move in the pocket and 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 just float in the pocket and traverse the pocket any worse than 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 Sean because he just he runs into sacks and he runs into pressure constantly. It's it, you know th- there's some times where I, I I know the protection has been inconsistent, but there are times where the protection is fine and he runs himself into a spot where the protection is is unable to keep him protected. He, he's you know he's running out of his protection. Um, just very poor pocket presence. Got rattled early. A lot of throws off the back foot not stepping in, not, not, not following through, not using those core fundamentals, which make you an accurate passer. Um, You know, poor decision-making, especially on that, on that last interception into the end zone where he's he's just lofting it up into double coverage. I I mean, that's for God's sakes, you're going to be a sixth, a sixth year veteran. You're going to be a fourth year, potentially starting quarterback. You can never make that throw. You can make that throw maybe as a freshman. And then you learn from it and then you realize that you can never do it again. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't I don't understand that. I, I I do think Sean Clifford. Is a very intelligent player. I think he's a real smart guy, obviously, with being being, uh, you know, kind of always in the talk for the um, the Campbell trophy and all the stuff for his. Success and all the all this stuff. He's a real smart guy, and that's why it just kind it. it, Yeah, it it really really mind boggles me as to you know how how he can make some of these decisions, Um, and and that leads me to believe this, because I do think this could be part of it. He knows what he wants to do. He knows where the ball needs to go. He knows what decision he can and cannot make. And he, you know, his mind is on it. His mind is sharp, but the physical ability is just not quite there. The arm's not quite good enough to make happen what he wants to make happen. Um, and that's hard. That's tough. That that's a that's a hit to your pride. That's very humbling to to just to acknowledge the fact that you just don't have the arm to make certain kind of throws. And, and here's the thing: there's nothing wrong with that, you know. You can look at pretty much any NFL quarterback and some of these like super tight window throws. I mean, you got what, maybe three, four guys at the NFL level that can even make those throws, you know? Right. right. Um, there, there's no shame in that, but I think we need to see that progress. I, I, I was very disappointed in the outcome of the game. The defense was not, stellar but again they were super short-handed I, that's understandable and here's the thing they still did pretty well now the offense was missing Jahan Dotson and Rashid Walker okay and Olu Fashanu which we talked about last week which which nobody heard about 
played very well at left tackle. I thought he did really well. Yep. You know? Yep. So, so missing Rashid Walker, not the biggest issue. So they were down Dotson. Uh, you know, I, I think Parker Washington stepped up in a big way and, and showed everybody that he can be the guy going out there with the, with the crazy one-handed grab and, you know, the acrobatics and, you know, high point in the football and all the, all this stuff. He did well. The tight ends did okay. They were not involved enough. And that, and that falls on Mike Yersich. He's got to get the tight ends more involved. Um, you know, obviously Lambert Smith had that, had that long touchdown on a, on a broken coverage. He was pretty much wide open. Um, Theo Johnson got way overthrown on one where he was wide open as, you know, streaking, streaking down the seam. Um, Parker Washington you know, so, had that crazy catch. Yeah. Crazy. The crazy catch. Um, I think it was one of the, one of the younger guys. It might've been, might've been mega I'm trying to think of who it was. I think it was, I think, I think it was mega. Yeah. It, it was, it was the throw. And that's I what's think. so frustrating. That's the, that's what's so frustrating with Sean Clifford, down the down the sideline, back shoulder throw, and it hit him hit him right in the hands. Perfect throw. I mean, it was a phenomenal throw, and you got to you got to tip your hat to Sean Clifford, and it got dropped. You know, <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> like yeah. what are you gonna do? Uh, you know, Sean Clifford has has a couple of dimes in him uh, every every game. You got to make them count. You got to catch them. Uh, that was not caught. You know, it, it couldn't 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 get it done. Um, they went or they went away from the run game, which actually was not that bad. No, uh, it their, wasn't their, bad. Their average yards per rush were very good. I think collectively, um, you know, not not counting Clifford and like the sack numbers and all that kind of stuff. But the tailbacks, I mean, I think they averaged like over six yards a, a clip. Uh, was, you know, a yeah, run. four point five roughly. Was it okay? Well, Kevon Lee was up there was up there higher though. He yep. was, he was the workhorse. I think yep. he, I think he ran the ball, what, seven for like 52 or something. He had a he real night. He had a real yeah. nice average. Four for 35. Um, Clifford was the leading rusher, but okay. yeah, you're right. They had 125 rushing yards. They look good. And, and, um, and the tailbacks ran the ball. What? 10 times. Um, 11 times. Let's see. Yeah. About that. But yeah, they, they look good for Penn state this year you know they they still didn't do that good but they looked right. good enough um and dude austin we talked about it last week this i'm gonna give you guys some stats clifford had two interceptions he had 195 uh, uh passing yards two interceptions and a touchdown arkansas had two interceptions passing interceptions they threw two interceptions not a single passing touchdown 98 yards passing <laughs> um they had 353 rush yards and three touchdowns, which is where they won the game. But it was so one-sided. Um, you know, you want to talk about the defense. They shut down the passing game. Yes, they gave up these rushing yards, but the score was 24 to 10. You know, the offense for Penn State is what lost in the game. Um, they had almost 200 receiving yards. Um Arkansas had a fumble. Penn State had a fumble. But tackles, Penn State had 78 total tackles. Arkansas had 46. So um, just the difference between the offensive performances and what the offense should have been doing for Penn State, that's where the game was lost. I mean, the defense, once again, they can only do so much. I think they look good. 
they had their backups in, they had freshmen in, like, what more do you want them to do? Um, it comes down to the veteran quarterback, and unfortunately, he couldn't do it for them, um, which, again, leads me to repeat the fact that I just don't think Sean Clifford's our guy. I don't think he's the guy that leads us to pro- the promised land. I mean, Austin, we can talk about him when he was healthy this year. Do we still make the playoff? Do we have 10 wins? No, probably not. So, yeah. you know, unfortunately, and we, we, you know, we, we talked about this last week too. Um, Did Sean, in my opinion, did Sean Clifford improve from 2020 to 2021? For the first five and, you know, five and a quarter games. Yeah, I, I do think he got better. I do think he did. I think he did get better. Um, I think that's pretty clear. Um, he, he was playing not super consistent, but more consistent in those games. Um, but the problem was he got, he got injured at the Iowa game. He missed, missed some time, you know, and then, you know, he was injured for the, for the pretty much the second half of the season. Okay. I get it. But now you, you go to your bowl game, you've had whatever, six weeks, five, six weeks to rest, recover, practice, game plan, the whole deal. And you're missing, you know, two guys. I understand, you know, you're missing Dotson. And I know that's a big loss because, you know, he's he's Jahan Dotson. He's he's a great player. He's probably going to go late first round, according to a bunch of mocks. And I yep. think that's very deserving. But Penn State had plenty of they have we have plenty of other weapons on the offense and Sean Clifford could not dish the ball out and 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 use them he could not use them my biggest issue is this and again it's a statistic that I brought up last week when he was in an unclean pocket meaning they brought they brought pressure and they got home he was exactly zero for ten on passing attempts. Yep. That my friends is simply not going to get it done. No, nope. not even close. The problem is this, and this is, this is the issue. You see it from the best players. You see it from Tom Brady. You see it from Aaron Rodgers. You see it from Ben Roethlisberger. You see it from Patrick Mahomes. You hear about it when you're watching a game that is analyzed and commentated by Tony Romo. Oh, Here's the pressure. Here, here's, here's where they're setting up. They're setting up an overload. That means X and Y are in single coverage. That's where the ball goes. There are automatic reads and cues, depending on the blitz, depending on where it's coming from, depending on where, you know, sometimes you give the defense a free rusher because it gives you the matchup advantage. You just have to know where it is and you have to, and you got to get the football out quickly. That's how you beat the blitz. When, when this is something that folks really need to understand, and I think most football fans know this, when a defense blitzes, there is always a matchup to exploit. You just have to find it before the blitz gets home. That's the, that's the entire point, and Sean Clifford did it exactly zero times in 10 opportunities. Not good enough. Yeah, repeat that stat, Austin. When Sean Clifford was in an unclean pocket, meaning they got pressure and you know they they whether they blitzed or not, when they got pressure on Sean Clifford, 
he was exactly zero for 10 on passing. He, he was, he threw incomplete, he threw either incomplete or interception in those situations. Yeah. And no, I just don't. That's the yeah, it's, it's terrible. It, it, you can't, I, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, even, even if he was still injured, if this was the Illinois game, you still can't explain away zero for 10. Zero? You couldn't hit a check down? I mean, oh, come on. Yeah, that, you know, that, and even if he's hurt and he's scared, you know, he's a little skittish, um, he had all that time to rest and recover. And plan. Uh, and I mean, look again. At, yeah. Look at Baker Mayfield. He played the whole season with like a torn labrum. My my biggest issue is this, and, 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 you know, maybe next season, if he is the starter, maybe he does take a step farther. But my issue is this. I do believe he's a smart guy. I believe he's a smart quarterback. I believe he understands the game extremely well. However, if that is the case, why can he not diagnose the defense, understand the matchup, and dish the ball out to the appropriate spot at the appropriate time to put the offense in the best situation to be successful. That is what quarterbacks are supposed to do. That is what all the all-time greats do. When you have a veteran experienced quarterback, that is the advantage that is supposed to provide you. And if yeah. that's not if that's not being provided with Sean Clifford being the veteran, you have to you have to try your luck and you have to go with the younger, more talented guy. Whether that's Veyu, whether that's Aller, whether that's Prabula, whomever wins the job and, and shows themselves to be the most talented player. That's yep. who you have to go with. Um, again, I, you know, I love Sean Clifford. I appreciate that he's coming back. I, I appreciate everything he's done for the program. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a smart guy. But if we are not getting the product on the field, the product, and this is something where I think maybe James Franklin gets a little cloudy. The product can be perfect in practice that's great yeah however sometimes you have certain players that the practice is okay or good but not great when the lights come on and those and those opposing men with the opposing jerseys are on the other side of the line of scrimmage it's on and it's on real real high and they're burning real hot and they just they they play up to the occasion you know, that reminds me a lot of times of uh, back when Michigan kept kept swapping quarterbacks when they had Tom, they had Tom yeah. Brady and who was it? Who was Drew Henson, I think. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, they, they always they wanted Henson to play and then he would play and then they would struggle and then they'd be behind. Then they put in Brady to try to come back and win and all this crap. Just start with the guy that you're putting in to save you. Yep. If you're putting this guy in to save you, he's he's obviously better, you know, and that that's what I want to see. You know, I, 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 you know, you give him the benefit of the doubt. You give him the opportunity, of course, but he is only deserving of an equal opportunity. He's not gifted anything that is not in the best interest of this football team, this football program, the win loss record. It's not in the best interest of anybody. So that, that's my that's my position on it. Um, if if he is not the best quarterback on the roster, 
come week one, he should not be the starter. Yeah, that's one thing about last week. Like I said, it was a little more raw. I was very mad because he's just so frustrating to watch. Very hot and cold. Yeah. Very up and down. What it is, I don't know. Um, he looks more inconsistent inconsistent than Anthony Morelli. Um, and Anthony Morelli was extremely frustrating. Um, but Anthony Morelli still had a better record than Sean Clifford, I think. So, um in two years, Anthony Morelli had two bull victories, and he had, what, um, eight losses? Not that bad. Um, yeah, Sean Clifford has a pretty good resume, too. But right now, man, I don't know what it is, but he just he's just doesn't have it. Um, and Austin just gave you the stats. I, it's just frustrating, man. As a fan, you know, you want – You'll take good mistakes from a talented player like Aller, but you're not going to take bad mistakes from a guy like Sean Clifford anymore as a fan. Um, and I just don't think he's the starter next year. I, I really can't put into words how I feel in terms of just like how frustrated it, how frustrating it is to watch him just not do well. Um, and it's you just don't know what it is. Um, and why he makes certain decisions and stuff. It's like, <laughs> and, and the thing that everybody needs to remember too, is Mark and I are not, we're not being critical of Sean Clifford just to be critical of Sean Clifford. We're being critical of Sean Clifford because he is the trigger man. He is the most important person on the Penn state offense and probably even on the Penn state team, your starting quarterback. Yeah. yeah. And we, we see the team around him. We see the players, we see the talent. We are critical because we want this team, we want Penn State to be as successful as they possibly can be. You know, it, we have nothing against Sean Clifford at all. Mm -mm. We just want the team to be as successful as they can, to be as, as well prepared as they can, to win as many games as they can. You know, that, that's what we that, that's what we want. We want these players to have fun. We want them to develop to the best of their ability. We want we we want them to go and have exceptional careers in the NFL. We want all these things. And I just think, you know, th this this year and this and the previous season, you know, we, we we've been, you know, almost handicapped a little bit because of the the inconsistent quarterback play and, and you know. And a bunch of other things too, the offensive line and, and that kind of stuff. But you know that that this is the big problem. It's we got to get to the point where the quarterback play is at a high level consistently, and we have not seen that. There is no evidence to support the fact that Sean Clifford can do that for twelve games. There is zero evidence. There's no evidence that Sean Clifford can stay healthy for twelve games. Yeah. Not right now. So, not anymore. Not right now. So that's where we're at, unfortunately. So if he is not the best, if he's not the best option on the team to take this team to be successful, you have to give up the reins. And one of the younger guys has got to, has got to play. Yeah. Like, like Austin just said, we're not going after Clifford. He, he, like I, like I said too, he has a good resume. I'm old enough to remember when he led us to a Cotton Bowl New Year's Six victory. Um, 
which was one of the best bull wins Penn State's ever had. So the part that's frustrating is how we went from cotton bowl winners, literally one of the best bowls you can be in, New Year's Six Bowl beating Memphis to what we have now. So I've never, I, I don't know that I've ever really seen such a drastic like downfall. I mean, it, like we went from literally New Year's Six Bowl champions to we can't even win the Outback Bowl and we can't even get like eight wins. So, um, it's just a drastic drop off. It's bro. It's, it's almost like we're in like a different time zone. Like we're in like a different, we're in like a different world where we're, we have the sh- same Sean Clifford who won a cotton bowl. And this same guy is doing what he's doing now. It's like, it's crazy. God. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. So it's, it's it's almost like we're it, honestly, you know, and, and I've I don't know I don't know if I've ever really heard any anybody bring this 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 comparison up. He's he's very much a Jekyll and Hyde quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Like it, like like I, even in the Outback Bowl, like where he overall played very poorly in my opinion, he still had like just like maybe two or three throws. That were just perfect. Yep. They were just great throws. And then, you know, he, he's missing wide open guys down the seam for a missed touchdown. He's, you know, missing little out routes. He's missing slants. He's throwing high. Like, yeah, it's just so erratic. And, you know, the, the one thing I will say to folks, because some people will say, well, you know, maybe Mike Yurcich is the problem. Maybe it's a scheme. Maybe it's just not working. Maybe it's maybe it's him. Maybe it's not Clifford. It, it's not Mike Yersich. Because again, you look back at the history, he has been extremely successful. That body of work is clear as day. He was extremely successful at Oklahoma State. He was very successful at Texas with, with uh, uh, Sam Ellinger. He was extremely successful at Ohio State in yeah. the Big Ten. Yeah, it's not Mike Yersich. Mike Yersich knows knows what he's doing. He's a very good coordinator. It's not him. Yeah. Uh, now, now, what I will say is, and, and this is something again that we we man, we've been beating this drum for for months. I don't believe Mike Yersich has been able to fully install and call the kind of offensive game plan that he wants to do. No, because of and it's it's the it's one of the big p words that we've used personnel. I don't believe that we that we truly have the personnel appropriate to run the entirety of his offense. A big reason why this season is because we had not even virtually we had in reality no running game whatsoever. No. That is a huge liability when you're calling an offense. So Again, I, I I think I think Mike Yersich deserves a reprieve and some time. I I, I think you know Phil Troutwine deser- deserves a reprieve and a little bit of time because if you look at some things here, I mean, as far as recruiting and, and and things like that, I'll tell you what: you wait, you wait two or three years, you wait two or three years, and Penn State's offensive line should be better. They should be better. 
However, yeah, I will tell you with without a shadow of a doubt, they will be big and powerful because those are the kind of guys that he is bringing in. He's not yep. bringing in the guys that are undersized and like, well, maybe we can they'll grow into it and this that. They are bringing in dudes that do not need to grow. They are bringing yep. in guys that are big. Yep. 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", 300 pounds. You know, these they are bringing in young men that have the body types of seniors. Huge human beings. Um and that's the and that's the biggest thing. Uh, again, I saw so many criticisms on a lot of these post post games saying why can't we run the ball? Why are we not getting a push up front against that D line? They are undersized folks. I've been saying this for weeks. They are small on the interior in two to three years. And I think you'll see some improvement next season already. Yeah. yeah. They will be less small on the interior, the push yeah. and the ability to sustain blocks up front is going to be better. Now, they will be small at center. It is my anticipation that Juice Scruggs will start. And he's only maybe, maybe 290, 295. So the biggest problem, matchup problem that they're going to run into is defenses that have very large nose tackles that they set that they set directly over top of the center. He is not going to be able to hold up against those guys. These are the guys that are, you know, we talk about PJ Mustafer, you know, being being one of those guys, 6'4, 320. There's some, there's some dudes in the Big Ten and across college football, SEC, et cetera, the, the major power conferences that are mammoths, 330, 340, gigantic human beings. You you can't expect a 295 or 300 pound center to be able to hold up against those guys. They're going to need help from the guard. You're going to need the double teams and all this kind of stuff. So that's where they need to get to work. But at the guard spots, I believe they will be upgraded and they will for sure be bigger and more physical mm -hmm. as soon as next season. Yeah. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, and we've taught, we've covered it. And as far as the recruiting and things, they are going to, they're going to get there. They're going to get there. They're going to be mean. They're going to be nasty. They're going to be maulers. They're going to be very physical and powerful off that line of scrimmage. I do expect that to improve dramatically over the next two to three seasons. Yeah, I think right now as it stands, class of 23, we have the first and second overall linemen in their respective positions. Birchmeyer is number one interior. But, yeah, like you said, and I think Birchmeyer is one of those guys that probably starts when he comes. Um, but, yeah, man, that O-line is May. going to be a completely different story here in a couple years. Um, you know, I think Rashid – for whatever reason, he just he just wasn't that good. Man, I don't know what it was, man, but overall as a team, it was just very strange. Uh the way they started, the way they ended. You know, maybe Clifford is healthy and he comes back and does well next year. I don't know. That's a long shot. I'm just kind of throwing shots in the dark right now, but and I said this last week. I just don't think Clifford is Yersich's guy. Um, going off of what Austin said, Hackenberg wasn't Clifford's guy. He was Bill O'Brien's guy. McSorley was Clifford's guy, or McSorley was um, Franklin's guy. 
so and I, I I don't know if I said it right, but Hackenberg wasn't uh, Franklin's guy. Like maybe Clifford just is not Yurcich's guy. So I think that's what it is, man. I you know I I mean last last year, right? Yurcich was in Ohio was on Ohio State staff. Am I right on that, Austin? It came from Texas um, last year. Last year, yeah, he was okay. at Ohio State uh, for the uh, 2019 season with with Fields. Right, so that's who he worked with. Like Austin just said, he named off the guys, and that was well, and that was and that was the big uh, that was the big Texas Bowl uh, New Year's Six yeah. win. Yeah, the whole I'm back, we're back. Yeah, deal. Yeah, then they then they weren't, but yeah, well, we kind of knew that, but. Um, but yeah, like it's, I just, I don't think Clifford is the man. I just don't think he is. I don't think he's the guy going forward and, and that's it, man. Um, you know, like I said, it was very frustrating to watch him and I just don't know. I just don't exactly know what it is, but just to see the way he plays, he cannot be the guy going forward if he keeps playing like that because just for our health alone i'm going to get way too mad and i'll probably break a tv or something like it it's that frustrating it is it's that I had, frustrating I, I had to i had to walk away yeah yeah i had, yeah, to, I had to i had to leave the premises i couldn't i couldn't do it yeah that's what i need to start doing just leaving but that's the thing i was there with my nephew watching it and i'm like trying not to get mad because he's like below me playing and, you know, I don't want to get up and get mad because then I might, like, crush him or something. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's – it's. but I think Austin and I kind of both agree. I think Aller's the guy next year. Honestly, at this point, man, I'll be surprised if it's not Aller because if Clifford starts, dude, how he would start, and I really – I and Clifford is not a politics guy. If he's starting, man, then he did something to drastically turn himself around because I think Clifford or um, I think Franklin has the same mindset. Clifford needs to earn a spot um, completely and in a completely new fashion. Like this is a new season, man, a new year. He's going to have to earn that spot again completely because he did not. That's how. That's how yeah. that's how Franklin's been. That's how he operated between yeah. uh, Tommy Stevens and Sean Clifford. He, like, he told Stevens straight up. He said, "Look, yeah, I can't guarantee you the job. It's a competition." And then and then he left. Yeah, you know, and and I'm sure he had that same conversation with with, with Levis. You know, as soon as Clifford got named the starter, you know, that was it. Uh, there's 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 two possible scenarios where I can see that Sean, maybe three three scenarios where I think Sean is the starter and two of those reasons are more understandable than the third uh the first two would be he takes a dramatic leap in the spring a dramatic leap forward and he's almost a, a different guy consistency has improved across the board um decision making has improved pocket movement mobility has, has improved mm-hmm. um I don't see that being super likely. Uh, there's no past. Like I said, the, the body of work is very clear with who Sean Clifford is to expect something drastic at this point in his career. 
is I think uh, that's pretty, that's a pretty, it's a pretty tough sell at this point. If he starts, the other likely scenario is that one of these young guys got hurt. Okay. <laughs> something happened. They, they, they tweak something. They're injured in spring or summer, summer camp or something like that. Um, and then the last one would be, you know, he's, he's starting, but it's more of in a, in a lame duck role because maybe the young guys, they just don't quite have a, a full, full enough grasp of the playbook and the offense and that kind of stuff to operate at a high level. Yeah. Um, I don't really see that being the case though, either, because I think Aller um, and Perbula for that matter. And I think they, you obviously he's been, he's been in the system for, for a whole season already. Just same as, same as Clifford. Um, they seem like, and I've listened to a couple interviews with them and, and podcast episodes where they talk to these guys. These guys are, these guys are sharp. They're, they're, they're smart guys. They're, they're not, you know, they're not struggling in the intelligence department. They're very, very high football acumen. Um, they're, they're, they're smart guys. I expect them to pick this stuff up pretty quick. Um, you know, you're, you're going to have some mistakes. That's just, you know, everybody's going to make mistakes. That's just part of the learning process. That's, yeah. that's, how, you, that's how you get better. Um, but I think from a talent perspective, I think, and especially for the future of the program, I, I think you really got to give Aller a long look. Yeah. Um, if he's, if he's performing, I think you gotta, you gotta give him the reins and let him run with it. So that's, that's my thought. Those are my thoughts there. I, I, you know, I would love to see, I would love to see Aller be the guy because boy, and, and I messaged, I messaged this to you after you sent me some of those highlights. I said, boy, he does look good. Yeah. Yeah, he does, man. He, he looks very good. Um, just his arm, it's unlike anything I've seen in quite some time. Um, I hope he has a right head on his shoulders. I hope he comes in with a chip on his shoulder. I hope he, and I don't think he is, but I hope he just doesn't come in and think he's going to start. Like, I hope he has the right attitude. I hope he comes in thinking like, you know, it's possible I may never play here, so I need to play really good. You know, like that kind of like competition, competitive mindset, like, this is not my position. I need to earn this. So um, it's he, he looks good. He looks very talented. Um, and like I said, we'll take good mistakes from a talented player like him rather than the mistakes that Clifford's been making. Um, you know, you, you know, you want to go all the way back to a guy like Daryl Clark that we've talked about on this podcast with uh, Dante Brown, his uh, – one of his very, very good friends. Um, my favorite player probably ever at Penn State. Every game we went into with Daryl Clark, you knew you could win. That he, he, he played so well. He was so good at dissecting defenses. He had such a great arm. I mean, he looked, he looked good, man. He had, he had big arms too. Um, you know, he just overall just, he looked good as a quarterback. He, was the epitome of a Penn State quarterback. Good decision-making. Just everything you could ask for in a quarterback, Daryl Clark had it. If we lost the game, very rarely did I blame him because there was just so many other factors. <laughs> he was just so good, and he performed so well that you never really blamed him. Clifford, 
is the opposite of that. He, he, he's just not very good at making decisions. Um, doesn't really move well in the pocket. Isn't very accurate. Just, he's kind of like the opposite of what a Daryl Clark was. Um, so I think Drew Aller's our guy. Um, he looked very good and I'm very excited. He, these guys are here probably studying film right now as we speak. Um, they're all here at Penn State now. So um, getting a jump start on it, Yersich is, is, I hope, game planning around a guy like him. Um, so the wheels are in motion. Uh, we've been talking about it. But um, Austin and I, uh, lastly here, well, we talked about, Franklin too last week getting all the hate like and we just talked about coaches and your and Franklin's not the guy to point the finger at we understand what you're saying we've been frustrated with that with we've been frustrated with some of the coaching decisions also but like I've said before Franklin can't play the game for them long story short Franklin's really not the guy to be pointing the finger at Austin made some good points last week I can't remember what they were Austin can you remember what you said about that I was trying to I was trying to recollect. I think yeah. I had a pretty good quote that I said there it was pretty pretty poignant. Um you know yeah. as far as that goes during the games and things, because you, you posed the question about how you know his his lack of game day coaching yeah prowess, you know, you asked if, if I thought it cost them games. And I I said no. Uh, you, you know, I, that, that, that wasn't really it. It had yeah. nothing to do with that. It's, it, right. it's not like, you know, if James Franklin called a timeout at the wrong time and it blew the game, like that hasn't happened. Like that didn't cost a single game. You yeah. know, I, I, you could make an argument that there were maybe a couple of games where like the Illinois game where we, where we went for some stuff and didn't convert and maybe we should, we should have just go, went for a field goal and, and, and took the points. Yeah. You could argue that that would be a fair argument where, you, you know, you could add, you could add more points on the, on the scoreboard and you opted not to go for it and be aggressive and it didn't work out in your favor. You could make that argument. That's, that would be fair. But uh, you know, again, it's, it's not like our biggest loss this season was to Ohio state by what nine points, eight eight points, nine points, and it had nothing to do with coaching, absolutely zero. What it had to do was missed opportunities, yeah, execution, stupid, stupid turnovers. Where Ohio State, you know, we, the defense who played great all year long. They force a fumble on the first drive, and on the first handoff, we fumble it right back. And then protection breakdown, Clifford's holding the ball really long. Boom, strip sack, re return for a touchdown. That's what lost the game. Had nothing to do with coaching. Had nothing to do with coaching. Yeah. The Penn State coaching staff coached that game well enough to win. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, if... I think, you know, I think my, I think my, my quote was something along the lines of this. If you think the reasons that we are losing games, the reason that we went seven and six and all these things are because of coaching decisions, 
on the point of James Franklin or Mike Yersich or Brent Pry or whomever you want to blame, you know, I, I would say, I'm sorry, but I'm not, you just, you don't know what you're talking about. You you have no, you have no idea what you're talking about. You, You really don't understand football. You don't understand scheme. You don't understand, you know, the, the basic fundamentals of, of football. And, and frankly, I would, I would question how much you even watched because this stuff isn't hard to see, you know, the coaches aren't out there, you know, throwing interceptions or, or fumbling the football or uh, blowing coverages or whatever it might be like, come on, we, 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 this isn't, this isn't that, this isn't that tough of a question. You know? Yeah. It, it, that's, that's not the reason. Yeah. It's, it's execution, man. Um, it's lack of execution. Run game, lack of execution. Passing game, O-line scheme, just lack of execution, man. Lack of execution. Um, that's what it comes down there, to. There, there's one aspect that you can blame on the coaches to a degree, and that is why have they not been able to successfully recruit and develop guys on the offensive line? If you want to make that criticism – that is a fine criticism. I will probably join you in that criticism. However, there is, it is not as cut and dry as that. There is more nuance to it, which we brought up last week. And the biggest thing that really set Penn State back is they missed on some targets. That's true. Uh, the development, I think, needs to be better. And that's a big reason why they brought in Phil Troutwine. Okay. But it, the 2018 recruiting class for Penn State, which was, I believe, a top five or top six class, similar to this one that they just brought in. Yeah. They had two guys in that class that were top eight, I believe. I believe they were both top eight tackles. They had number five tackle, number eight tackle. They had Rasheed Walker, Nana Asidu. Nana Asidu had to medically retire from playing football due to an un- a previously undiagnosed heart condition, similar to Journey Brown, similar to Jordan Minor, his classmate in that class. Mm-hmm. That has absolutely nothing to do with Penn State's recruiting, Penn State's coaching, anything else. That is just terrible freaking luck. And the person I feel for the most is him, the player, because – Again, we talk about these things when you're talking about tackles, elite tackles. They just don't make a lot of them, man. They are few and far between. And they had two top eight ranked guys at that position. And 50 percent of them can no longer could no longer play football. Yeah. After they found that medical condition that really, really hurt them. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, but now, you know, now again, and, and that's the one guy that uh, he's, he's actually not ro- enrolling early, which is going to be a little bit of a setback. I was really hoping he'd get here is, is Drew Shelton, who, who's a really good tackle prospect. You know, I think he's going to be a real good tackle. I don't think he's going to be a left tackle. I think he's gonna be a right tackle. Um, but that's okay. You need somebody that that's playing at a high level on that right side as well. So, you know, I think. I think that's his spot. I think he'll be a good player. I think, you know, he, he plays with with uh, good physicality, good pad level, good bend. He's got good feet, you know, definitely a tackle. 
um, from an athleticism perspective. Um, so, you know, we'll see what Phil Troutwine can do with him. And they're already rolling in this next class with, with some really good interior guys. There's a couple of tackles, um, probably looking to take two, I would say, looking for two tackles, maybe three. Um, you know, this class, I'm thinking five or six O-linemen seems, seems right. Um, and let's see if they can go get a tackle out of the portal. I know there's a couple guys out there. Let's see what they can do. Let's see if they can get that done. If they can do that, man, that'll be a big help. That'll be a big, big, yeah. big help because, yeah. you know, like I, like I say, they just don't make many of these guys that are, you know, six, six, 300 and, you know, 10 to 20, 320 pounds that can move the way you got to be able to move to play tackle. Um, so that would be a big help. Let's see what they can do there. But again, there's, there's no, there's no one answer. There's no one, one clear cut solution. There's always a spectrum. There's always nuance to the reasons behind things. Um, it's never just one thing. Um, so folks, uh, do best to remember that. Um, and I think that pretty much pretty much summarizes a lot of stuff we said last week um, yep. as far as that goes. But, yep. but again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm high on, I'm high on the team. I'm high on the trajectory. I think we're moving in the right direction um, and that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't know if you have anything else to cover Penn state specific, but I know we wanted to touch on the national championship. Um, that was, that was last night. No, man. Um, you know, you mentioned about, uh, being hired by Penn State to about 100k a year to just help Franklin make some decisions sometimes on the sideline. Oh um, yeah, I, yeah, I forgot so. about that. I, yeah, for a measly 100 grand a year, I will be. I can. I will. You know, allocate my services on game day. I will be the. Um, I will be the uh, the critical decisions analysis guy. I'll be the That's analyst right. for critical decisions. You know, if, if, you know, we want to come over and it's the Outback bowl and, and we're going to say, Hey, you know, we're, we're going to run this fake punt and we're just going to have uh, Jordan Stout throw it down the field to nobody and hope <laughs> for an interception. You know, you're either going to get a thumbs up or you're going to get me waving it off. And I think I would have, uh, I think I would have waved that one off. Uh, I don't think that's a great idea. Um, yeah. That's you know, so, one. so, so we'll, 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 you know, we'll, we'll cut, we'll, we'll give Penn state the discount only a hundred, only a hundred thousand. Um, and I'll, I'll gladly, I'll gladly do that. Uh, I'll gladly be involved and, and hopefully make, um, make some of those crunch time decisions a little bit, a little bit easier and more productive. Yeah. Who did make that call? Like, cause we were, did we still have our, off our special teams coordinator? Yes. Lorig was still here. Hmm. Um, okay. and this is well. the thing, here's the thing. As far as I know, Franklin wants his coordinators to be the head coach of those units. Meaning, to me, on um, you know, not knowing for sure, that would lead me to believe that Joe Lorig made that call. However, it's not like James Franklin doesn't also hear what the call is and can yeah. overrule anytime he sees fit. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't um I don't know. I don't have that answer. Um, I mean, it just didn't look good. I mean, it no, looked it, worse. It, it looked worse no, it, than the first field goal attempt. So it looked, it looked, in, it looked in, incredibly naive. And I get it um, because actually, you know, their their rationale behind it almost actually did happen. The the, yeah. the, the, um, the Arkansas player did almost intercept it, which would have been 
incredibly stupid because mm-hmm. um, they would have they would have lost. I mean, for God's sake, they would have lost like 20 yards mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. on for, for field position. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, you can't to, to come out and to say our entire point, we were banking on the defense intercepting a ball that they shouldn't. Why don't you just punt? Like I, I, you have like one of the best punters in the country. Just, just punt the ball if you want to punt the ball. Yeah, I, I don't know. Come on, that's or if you want to go for it, go for it with your offense. I, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand that. Yeah. Um. Oh, and that's what I did say about that play too. The only reprieve that I give them is that was also the same drive where Clifford missed Theo Johnson. Wide open down the seam. They should have never got to that point. They should have never yep. had to choose whether to punt or to kick a field goal or to do a stupid ass fake. It should have never happened. Should have been a touchdown. They should have went to the half, 17-7. Big lead, comfortable. Boom. Different game. Didn't yep. happen. Unfortunate. Yep. Yep. Just wanted to uh bring bring that up or what Austin said. But yeah, it, it it was just one of those plays that was questionable and Hopefully next year we don't see that again. But um, just wanted to talk about the uh, national championship game. And I do have a way that it does tie into Penn State. Um, And then we'll do yes or no. Austin, I'll probably just have you ask me a couple. I cannot remember what I asked you last week. Um, But um, national championship game, Georgia wins. Um, Real quick, uh, the one defensive end, edge rusher for Alabama, Drew Sanders. He is transferring. He answered. He entered the transfer portal. It looks like he's going to Oklahoma, but I was hoping Penn State might pick him up. Um, he was replaced by a five-star player after he was injured and just never returned. Um, great game. Uh, Georgia won. I was hoping Georgia would win. I never. I would have never thought that Alabama would lose that game, especially after the SEC championship where they just got smoked. Um, where Alabama just smoked Georgia. They were favored to win, uh, and they did cover the spread. Didn't see that coming either, but uh, great win for Georgia. Um, it was a good game. Um, the score was 6-9 at one point, um, which was funny. That's something I pointed pointed out to Austin. Um, the over-under was – the over was not hit, but it was a pretty high-scoring game. Um the one uh, receiver for Alabama, who is the number one receiver in this year's draft, Jameson Williams, tore his ACL. Very unfortunate. Uh, honestly, I don't know how it doesn't happen more often um, where players get hurt like that because it's just such a fast game. Um, but it looks like he's going to make a full recovery and it shouldn't affect his draft stock. Uh, today's day and age, you know, fortunately, if you do get hurt, well, not not fortunately if you get hurt, but fortunately – if you do sustain an injury, you can come back pretty quickly because of today's technology. And unfortunately, that wasn't there for uh, Kajana Carter back in the day. But um, it looks like he's going to make a full recovery. But Austin, um, entertaining game. Georgia won, which I was happy with. Uh, they got to Bryce Young. They made Alabama look very, very um, out of character. Uh, but that defense is just... So good. Uh, I saw that. Is it? Is it 
what's the defensive tackle's name? Is it Davis? Uh, Davis. He was like standing next to Bryce Young, and I'm like, dude, he could literally. Yeah, eat him. yeah. There's there's Davis, and then there's number 95, who's also yeah. going to draft Wyatt. Uh, they're both really big human beings, um, and extremely productive and disruptive on the inside. George Georgia does a lot of really neat things with their D line. I mean, they mm. slant a lot um, to try to really cut. off angles and and really stemming the, the run and they did that extremely well i mean alabama really could not run the ball um you know outside of maybe a couple carries here and there on on some of the later drives um in in the uh, later later part of the third quarter um they pretty much they pretty much shut that down the whole time um good pressure um they they got to bryce young i would say enough when they blitzed bryce young also hurt them uh quite a few times when when they blitzed as well um but yeah, really good game. As soon as Jameson uh, Williams went down with that with that ACL, um, one if if you watched the game and, and you actually saw that happen live, um, I, I made that call instantaneously. I mean, that was a classic ACL. You could you could actually see the ligament, uh, you know, rubber band up, um, and and you just you, the knee just buckled instantly. It was it was. Yeah. Kind of gruesome. Uh, yep. It wasn't wasn't the coolest thing to to watch real time, but yep. that was a that was a guaranteed um, ACL tear for him. Uh, so we wish him the best and a speedy recovery. Uh, again, he's he's a he's he's a really good receiver. Uh, yep. def, definite first round talent for sure. Um, so we'll see how his recovery goes and 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 all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, Georgia did a really good job. Uh, they really struggled to control the line of scrimmage in the SEC championship game on, on both sides. Their their O line struggled against the Bama defense, and um, their D line was was really really um, kind of taken advantage of a little bit. Would you know um, again against the Alabama's run game uh, and the quick passing game and all that kind of stuff. And and they took a lot of deep shots too. Because Georgia likes to blitz, and they got hurt worse um, in those in those situations in the SEC championship. So, different game, a little bit of a, re- a revenge matchup, but that D line held up yep. and uh, played lights out. They were phenomenal yep. all from from the first snap. It was a, a great game. They did not look like they fatigued at all. Uh, during the, the course of that game and the Georgia offense did just enough, uh, a couple of big plays, that kind of stuff. Uh, Stetson Bennett played, played well down the stretch. He had that, he had that fumble, um, which was, it, it, you know, it, that was the turning point for me. I, I was like, up oh, here we go. Alabama's going to, going to cash in here. They're going to take the lead and that's going to be that. They get a, a, a literally like one of the most fortunate things I've ever seen. First, they got the call that that was a fumble, not an incompletion. And then the the recovering player was literally like a millimeter inbounds. Like he was so close to being out of bounds when he touched the ball. Yep. It was just, it was crazy. Yep. Um, and it wasn't, you know, and, and Stetson Bennett really, really showed a lot of poise and a lot of moxie. Um to, to get back in there and, and, and they just, they were aggressive. They slung it. They let him throw, they, they uncorked it and they went boom, right down the field. He was three for three on that drive for about 60 yards. Um, and that, and that beautiful touchdown to the corner of the end zone, a great throw. 
um, you know, and a, and, a, and a phenomenal catch. Receiver waited a really long time to throw his hands up, um, kind of like what we were talking about last week with Devontae Adams uh, and Aaron Rodgers with Green Bay. Waited so long. Defender had no shot um, to even know when that ball was coming in um, to defend it. Uh, beautiful pitch and catch. Um, and then they kept their they kept their foot on the gas, which is what you have to do. You have to do that against Alabama. You got to, you got to, you got to put them down and you got to twist the knife. You got to keep on yep. hammering away. And they did that. So congratulations to Georgia on that, on that victory. First national title since 1980 um, when Herschel Walker was still on their roster. Um, you know, really nice job there. And, you know, uh, they, they, they had a heck of a season. They had a, a heck of a team. One of the top five probably defenses of the last quarter century maybe yeah yeah uh, just outstanding defense oh yeah um but yeah you know I, I i expect i expect bama to be back in the thick of things next year uh, i know Georgia's having quite a bit of attrition and turnover on defense um but man they're recruiting at such a high level i expect a lot of guys to come in and and and, and play well i think i think they'll be they'll be the favorites in the east again um yeah. and alabama will you know, they're always the favorites in the West yeah. um, as far as that's concerned. But we'll see how everything's going. Uh, you know, I know there's going to be, a, you know, some, there's been a quite a bit of turnover as far as coaching, uh, coaching staffs and head coaches and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see how all that stuff plays out. Hopefully it's to the to the betterment of college football. Um, but, yeah, entertaining national title game. I was I was pleased to see Georgia win. Um, you know, I still think Nick Saban's probably the, the you know, probably he's getting, you know, He's got to be at least top three of best coaches all time uh, for college. I mean, he's just phenomenal. Um, Dude, Kirk Herbstreet always Kirk Herbstreet always talks about – I don't mean to cut you off, Austin, but um, he always talks about Nick Saban. He's like, yeah, he. I think he's the best, at, you know, college football coach of all time. So, because it's Kirk Herbstreet, I looked it up. Nick Saban's coaching record is 269-68-1. Joe Paterno had 409 wins with 136 losses. So um, maybe national title-wise, is he the best of all time? But is he the best coach of all time? Technically, no, he's not. So we'll put that one to rest. <laughs> and, again, it's one of those it's one of those criteria where you have to look at, well – you know, how do we, how do we weigh all these things? How do we weigh, you know, total wins, longevity, whatever, uh, all Americans produce national titles, won, all, all this stuff. Um, you know, obviously I, I'm biased. Uh, you know, I, I watched, you know, so many years, uh, of, of Joe Pa and, you know, the, the, the history uh, of Penn state football and all that kind of stuff. And I, I do think, you know, he, he's got, you know, in my opinion, he's, he's the best. It's a biased opinion um, as far as what he did and how he went about doing it. Um, you know, with that being said, you know, Nick Saban's definitely one, definitely one of the best he's, he's in that he's probably yeah. on the Mount Rushmore uh, Bear oh, absolutely. on that Mount Rushmore as well. Um, and then you're probably, you know, looking at as far as that fourth, that fourth position, I mean, you're, you're probably talking, you know, uh, probably you know, Woody Hayes. Like, yeah, you, you, yeah, you're talking Woody Hayes. You're talking, you know, as far as, you know, with, with a bunch of wins, you're talking a guy like maybe Bobby Bowden and maybe in the conversation. 
um, you know, some of the, um, uh, what, what, you know, uh, what the heck, what's his face uh, from, from Nebraska. Back yeah. When they won um, a bunch of their titles. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're talking about, well, uh, they beat us out for the national title. So fuck them. But yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that, yeah, that was, uh, that was that, uh, that 94 season. Um, and that, that, uh, no, no, no shot. Well, <laughs> I think, the, I think it was, or was that, which, which year, which year was that? Well, Scott, remember. Scott Frost was, I believe the quarterback, um, of that. I think he was a quarterback of that 95 team. Um, but yeah, that, that's when they, yeah, that's when they beat Penn state or they beat out Penn state for, um, the, uh, national title, um, appearance and that was uh tom osborne was the head coach at that time right um but yeah man you know when it comes to like greatest coaches i i don't think you're being biased man it's just facts uh decades of success to have decades of coaching with that record that many all-americans that many first that many draft picks the graduation uh, rate and on top of that he had two national titles four total appearances could have had three national titles if they made it in 94 and then in his later years 05 and 08 both national title uh, potential years both of them in his 80s so um or late seventies, early eighties. Like he's easily the best coach of all time, man. Nick Saban doesn't even come close when it comes to tenure record. Not even close. He's over a hundred no. wins off of that. So national yeah, I don't titles. Think any, yes. I don't think anybody. I don't think ever, anyone's ever going to catch. Um, nobody's going to catch that longevity. I mean, he, he was head coach here for forty six seasons. That's. I mean, I don't know how old Saban is, but I don't think he's coached until he's 84, man. I think he's I think he's 70. But dude, just imagine Nick Saban coaching the way he does now until he's 84. Like not gonna be able to. Like that's that's Joe Paterno was like a he was a very like he he was a very healthy person to be coaching that long, man. Like and, and and the big thing about him was, and you're not going to see it really. Um, you will never see. I know it's never say never, but I'm going to say it. You're never going to see a coach coach for that long at the same place with that level of success. It's just not going to happen. No. Um, you know, it, it's not going to happen. That's. Uh, I mean, it's just you just don't see it. You yeah, just think of all happen. the good coaches, man. You know, Urban Meyer, Nick Saban, Woody Hayes, Bobby Bowden. Bobby Bowden's the only one that even touched Joe Paterno in terms of wins and national titles because he had two himself, I think. Bobby Bowden is behind him. So, <laughs> yeah, it's not even close. I think Joe Paterno is the best coach of all time. Most famous coach to ever walk the face of the earth. He's more famous than Vince Lombardi. So... John Wood and all of them, but very, I mean, very clearly a, um, you know, a very iconic, legendary, iconic figure. Yep. For sure. Absolutely. But, but yeah, I think he's, uh, 
that, that that's my take on it. And um, you know, but as far as as far as that's concerned, I was pleased. I was finally pleased with the um, with the outcome of the national championship. Yep. yep. Nothing against nothing against the tide, but I was getting pretty um, you know, kind of pretty pretty fatigued. Yeah. But, um, that's kind of where 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 we're at and where things were and, and all that kind of crap. Yeah. Um, as far as you know, them always, always being there and, and winning a, as much as they have and all that kind of stuff. It's I, I like when there's some novelty, there's some parody, there's some there's some yeah. question marks. Exactly. You know, it, it you know it, it, it's tough when you're in a four team playoff and you're pretty much automatically playing in a three team playoff because Alabama is going to be there. You already know that it's a foregone conclusion. Um, but yeah, overall, pleased with the outcome. I think Georgia deserves a ton of credit. Um, they got, they got whooped by Alabama and the SEC title game just very dominated on both sides of the ball. And they came back and they, um, they really flipped that. They really flipped that script and they, they took it to them and and they made, made enough big plays down the, down the stretch to, to pull away in the end. So congratulations to Georgia on a, on a phenomenal season and uh, a national title. And we will see how how things progress for next season. But I'm 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 excited, man. I'm still pumped. Yeah, I think there's a lot of positivity um, ahead for us uh, and Penn State as a program. So we'll see what the future holds. Yeah, man. And uh, you know, I just wanted to say that for uh, how it ties into Penn State is, I you know, I didn't think Georgia had a shot. I didn't think they would win, but it does prove now that. There is some parity in college football. Georgia beat Alabama. Not only did Georgia draw blood with Alabama, but they wounded them um, very, very seriously. Um, they put a huge, a huge wrench in their, uh, in that, in that, in that dynasty by beating them like they did last night. Um, Alabama will be back, of course, but it really opens the door for place like Penn State um, opens the door for, you know, a place like Texas who got Quinn Ewers opens the door for whoever, um, wherever Caleb Williams goes, which looks like USC opens the door for Oklahoma opens the door for a lot of teams that were right on the fence. And now, Hey, Alabama got beat. Maybe we can do it too. And Georgia didn't do it. Georgia didn't even have that good of a quarterback. So, um, yeah, it's good to see. Um, it's good. To, it's good for college football. I think. Um, I would have rather seen Michigan win the whole thing, but just was not their year. They lost to the national champion. So, Penn State lost to um, the team that got beat by the national champions by four points. So, I'll take it. If Michigan's going to get beat, they may as well get beat by national champions. So, yeah, and a particularly dominant team for sure. Yep. Um, yep. I thought they'd be a little bit more competitive, but uh, you know, the, the that offense couldn't do anything against against that defense, and nope. and and Georgia's offense was really in full flow that game. So, you know, uh, kudos kudos to them for making it uh, to where they did, and um, you know, we'll we'll uh, wrap things up and and get into off season mode and. We'll transition to some more recruiting and and uh, you know winter conditioning stuff and and all that kind of all that yep. kind of good stuff that's going to yep. give us a good indication on kind of what to expect for for next season.
All right, Austin, we'll, uh, if you want to do yes or no, we can do that real quick and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. I'm trying to, trying to remember what, uh, what some of my questions were last year I think, I, or last week. I think they were pretty, pretty good. I think, I think my, my one, my one question, uh, from last week was yes or no. Sean Clifford will be the starter week one. I'm honestly going to say no. And I, I, I think. I can't remember what I said last week, but I'm going to say no. I think I you did don't. answer. I, th- I think you did answer no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I remember another one. I remember another one that, that I said. Okay. Because uh, we were talking about a lot of people giving the coaching staff flack and Franklin flack and all this crap. James Franklin will be the head coach of Penn State in five years' time. Yes or no? As long, Yeah, and I remember what I said. As long as he – makes the most of these guys and by at the very least making the playoff, man, that that's my benchmark going to the playoff. Okay. Even if we go there and lose closely, I'm a, I want to win obviously, but even if we go there and lose closely, it's fine as long as we make the playoff. Um, but yeah, as long as he makes the most of these guys making the playoff consistently, dominating dude it's playoff or bust that's it um as long as he does that yes he is yeah and i think he does make the most of these guys i think he does barring any like drastic coaching changes with like diaz or your or whatever so sure sure yeah no I, i largely agree yeah um last one i got for you penn state will finish with a top – it's second consecutive top eight recruiting class in 23. Yes or no? Yeah, um, they got a jump start on the linemen. Um, and I, I think next year they go after receivers. They go after defensive backs. They go after pretty much everything but quarterback and running back as long as these guys are good. Um, because they really don't need to be going after top running backs unless they really want to come in and wait, which they will be. They'll be waiting for a couple of years. Um, so, yeah, I think they still will, but it's just going to look a little different um, with receivers and stuff like that. So what do you think? you think they will? Um, yeah, I think they will. I, I think mean, they, they have great, to. Yeah. I, think, I, I think they have a really good start. Um, I'll have to look at um, – some of the the models and the projections for what their numbers are going to look like uh, from a scholarship perspective to kind of gauge a range of how many people they're going to take in this class. Um, but Andy Frank, um, director of recruiting, does a great job. He's he's a real smart guy. I think he's actually an engineer, um, so I'm sure he'll have he'll have all those numbers crunched and uh, he'll have all the all the models out there for um, for the for the coaching staff to kind of know where where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they always make the numbers work. Uh, you're not going to, you're not going to pass on an elite player just because there's, you know, uh, well, you're, you might be one over, like you're going to take that guy yeah. and you're, you're going to make it work. Um, but yeah, I, I do see that. I think they go line heavy offensive and defensive line. Um, they need, this is going to be critical. Uh, I think top eight is pretty much a lock or top tens for sure. Probably a lock as I see it, uh, as it sits now, um, 
what could push that towards top five is if they can hit on some of these elite guys, elite O-line, elite D-line at tackle and edge. If they can get a couple of these guys, they don't, they don't necessarily need to be five stars, but high four-star guys, top 10 at their position type guys. Um, I think that's going to be very critical. If they can hit on more of those guys, um, at a little bit of a higher clip, I think, you know, that's that's pushing top five. I don't think it will be an enormous class, which is why I'm, I'm hesitant to to go there. I think I think, you know, I think top 10, pretty safe bet. Yeah. I think maybe, you know, top eight is that's fair. That's OK. Fair. OK. I hope so. I hope they continue to at least like you said, going forward, they're going to need to be top 10. So yep. um, that is the benchmark. Now, like, if, I, like I said, okay. you know, uh, the one thing that, that you always want to look at is the blue chip ratio. So basically, what is their ratio of four and five star players to three or lower star players? Fifty um, percent is kind of that minimum threshold. And I think they were at. I think they were I think they were at like sixty five or sixty six percent this past class as far as their their blue chip ratio which is, which is very good. You know, if they're, if they're hitting, if they can even improve on that, maybe even shoot, shoot up towards 70%. I mean, that's, that's, that's real good. That that's yeah. elite territory as far from, from a recruiting uh, of talent perspective. So if they can even, even bump that a little bit more uh, they'll be in great shape, but I think some things will be important. And this is another reason why I think you got to go with a guy like Aller if Clifford is, is not getting it done for you. Because if he comes in and he plays well, which we believe he can, um, players want to come play where an elite quarterback is. Because yeah. if you have that, you can win. Yep. And exactly. skill skill guys love that, you know, because they're they're this guy's going to be dishing him the rock. You know, yeah. that's that's what you want. So I think that's uh, I think that's very very important. Um, you know, you, you take whatever if you say. You know, if you start Vayu or Clifford, or we'll we'll say we'll say Clifford, and we can get, you know, nine or ten wins. And if you tell me we start Aller and he plays pretty well, we can get, you know, eight at least eight wins. But the young guy ball, because I think yeah. that's going to pay. I think it's going to pay more dividends down down yeah. the road, um, yeah. from recruiting, from the current team, the whole deal. I think that's um, I think that's a worthy trade off. So, but we'll see. You know, we'll see how things go. But, but I do expect them to to keep to keep recruiting at a at a at a very very high yeah. level. Yeah, and Franklin's not moving. Um, you know, I'm looking at class 2024 right now. Jaden Davis, QB, number one in the class, South Carolina. Desmond Ricks, number one cornerback, IMG. KJ Bolden, number one athlete. Ellis Robinson, the fourth, number number two cornerback. Sammy Brown, number one linebacker. He has a mullet. So he already has my vote. Um, just a stacked recruiting class. So if they make the most of these guys, like Drew Aller, Singleton, Sutton, Saunders, then these guys right here at some point, I think, are giving us the number one class. So as long as they take advantage of this class, I think down the road we might be top five, top three. So – it's it's a good time right now, but it's also kind of like, what are they going to do? You know, 
Are they going to take advantage? We'll see. And I think both of our criterion are they, they need to take advantage. Uh, because again, you know, I, I went out again and, and beat the drum to, um, to lessen their criticism. Uh, so I hope they don't let me down. Um, I hope they, I hope they give me that a hundred thousand dollar position. I think that would be, that would be helpful, but, um, yeah. but yeah, no, it, future's bright, man. Um, that's all I got from, for yes or no. I don't know if you have, you have one or one or one for me. No, man, I'm, I'm pretty much you you covered it with yours so um Fair enough. I, again i can't remember what i asked but i think it was something related to what you asked me so i think we're good there but um, um besides that um austin and everyone out there listening uh you know that's it for us this week uh there's really nothing else we have to cover uh we covered everything we covered last week plus stuff this week um you know we appreciate you guys listening uh it's good to be back it's good to be back with you austin uh next week you know we'll be covering more headlines uh related to the football team and everything that's going on um probably mainly related to um probably cover the senior bowl i believe that's the whole bowl now um like something like that yeah yeah and then you know we'll cover these guys being here and what they're doing and i'm sure we're going to hear good things coming out of camp so um yeah uh, Austin, again, thank you for joining uh, joining the show, and uh, thank you for uh, you know making this show possible by uh, you know joining me on here, and it's always fun. And uh, you know, until next week, guys, uh, you know, hang in there, and we'll be back with more content. So, yep. appreciate the time, appreciate being on. Uh, thank you, guys, and we'll catch you on the next one. Yep, and uh, please share the show. Thanks, guys. Thank you.